Welcome to the IDF podcast. The mission of this podcast and of IDF as a whole is to improve the diagnosis, treatment, and quality of life of people living with primary immunodeficiency. On this episode, IDF's own Stephanie Steele and Lynn Albizo sit down with Dr. M. Elizabeth Younger to discuss the PI community's complicated relationship with skilled nursing facilities, some of the barriers to proper treatment in these facilities, and how advocates are working to bring attention to these problems. Let's get started. Welcome to the IDF podcast. My name is Stephanie Steele, Director of Payer Relations and Policy at IDF. I'm joined by Dr. M. Elizabeth Younger, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, as well as Lynn Albizo, IDF's Vice President of Public Policy. We are here to talk about the challenges patients with PI have when they are in need of care at skilled nursing facilities or SNFs. Lynn, can you tell us what a skilled nursing facility is? Sure. Um, a skilled nursing facility is also known as a SNF, SNF, um, and it provides intensive inpatient nursing and rehabilitation services. And that can include um, things such as giving medication, OT, PT, speech, changing of bandages, as well as assistance for daily activities of living, such as getting dressed, brushing teeth, eating, et cetera. And it provides um, medical and nursing expertise that offer a level of care that's beyond what is available to people who, who need to be, um, who are treated at home in order to facilitate recovery. Why would someone with a PI need a sniff? Well, um, they may not be able to return home immediately after a hospitalization because they need more care, such as what I just discussed. And um, it may be after surgery or intensive care. It may be related to the PI, but it may be uh, some other thing. It could be somebody has a knee surgery, um, but whatever it is, they're no longer need to be in hospital care and but they still need additional support before they can return home. Now that we know what skilled nursing facilities are, Dr. Younger, can you speak to some of the stories and instances you've seen firsthand where patients aren't able to utilize these facilities? So it's a it's a bit of a a hard situation. So when people are admitted to a SNF, generally there's a per diem rate of reimbursement from insurance companies. Um, and that per diem covers medications, room and board, nursing care, medical care, all of those kinds of things. Um, unfortunately, immunoglobulin is an extraordinarily expensive medication, as we all know. And many of these facilities will not cover immunoglobulin. Um, so our patients are admitted to facilities, for example, They've had a stroke and they need intensive rehab uh, and they're admitted to these facilities and the facilities refuse to give them their immunoglobulin or order their immunoglobulin and they don't have access to immunoglobulin. So they may be getting excellent rehab services, but they're at incredible risk for infection because they're not getting the antibody therapy that they need. Um, and this is an ongoing issue um, that many of our patients who've 
been through this experience have encountered. Um, unfortunately, there is no answer yet, but we are looking to perhaps see what we can do to, to reverse this issue because clearly it's a major problem for our patients. Dr. Younger, when did you become aware of this issue? Um, do you see it more when individuals go from an ICU to a regular hospital bed to a sniff for recovery or say post-op from a knee replacement? So it has nothing to do with acute hospital care. Somebody goes from an ICU into the hospital, those immunoglobulin is absolutely covered in inpatient hospital facilities. It's rehab facilities, skilled nursing facilities, um, that are not acute care facilities. And, and the problem has been extant for quite some time. People are, are going to these facilities as the amount of acute care patients need has decreased. Um, and with the push to get people out of the hospital more quickly than we used to, um, it's becoming more and more problematic because it affects more of our patients. Lynn, how did you become aware of this issue? We've heard uh, different uh, things from our different our, our community, and um, I'd love to have Dr. Younger give more specific example. But over the years, we've heard a few uh, people calling in and being challenged to try to get um, people into facilities, as well as if they're in a facility, um, in a skilled nursing facility, they're not able to get the treatment that they need. So to piggyback on what Lynn is saying. Um, for example, some skilled nursing facilities will not let patients have IV infusions. Um, that was very problematic when all we had was IV gamma globulin before we've moved to subcutaneous gamma globulin. Um, so patients were not able to get IV drugs. Um, there are facilities that tell patients that the therapy is too expensive, that they can, it will not be covered in the facility. So there's expense issues, there's IV issues there with sub, people on subcutaneous infusions. Many skilled facilities have no policies in place for patients to give their own medications and their nursing staffs are not educated to give those therapies. Um, and there are regulations that prohibit outside nursing from coming into skilled nursing facilities the way that a nurse would come to the home to assist with an infusion. So there's, there's a multitude of, of barriers, as it were, and obstacles preventing patients from getting the therapy, whether it's knowledge, whether it's uh, lack of equipment or, or procedures in place, uh, or whether it's just the expense of the drug. Do you have any specific cases that you could share with us where this made a, a significant impact on a patient's life where they were not able to access their medication? And I have many patients who've been transferred to a skilled nursing facility and have bounced back into the hospital with significant infections. Um, I had an elderly lady who um, had an acute illness and she was not able to go home because she needed a level of assistance that she was not going to be able to provide it in her home. She went to a skilled nursing facility and was in that facility for eight days before she was readmitted to the hospital with an infection. I have multiple cases exactly the same as that. If an individual has sub-Q medication at home, can it be taken into the facility to be infused? No, that's against the law. 
basically when a person gets transferred into a skilled nursing facility, the Medicare payment model shifts. And so this billing model uh, basically gives a bundled payment to the skilled nursing facility, and they are supposed to provide all medical services to the patient. And that would include IG therapy and whatever they need while they're in the skilled nursing facility. As you've heard, this billing model is inadequate to cover the administration of IG. So as a result, nursing facilities are disincentivized to admit patients with PI who need IG. We've heard stories about times where somebody might be admitted to a facility, the, the SNF refusing to provide IG to them. That is really not legal or appropriate, but it happens because, again, because it's so expensive and they're not getting an extra payment, they don't have financial incentive to be able to um, provide that service. So it, it's a double whammy for patients with PI because um, it's very difficult, if not impossible, for patients to be able to find a skilled nursing facility that's willing to admit them. And sometimes even when they do get admitted, then they're told they cannot um, provide that service. In addition, um, this includes all types of IG therapy, both IVIG and SCIG. Some people would think, oh, well, I get it shipped to my home. And so I could just continue to just get it brown bagged and get it shipped to the facility. And then I could give it to myself, give it to, to myself. But that they that is not legal because that's considered double billing. Once somebody is on Medicare, then if they're in a skilled nursing facility, the Medicare payment shifts to the facility and they have to get all their services through that. So um, I would also kind of warn people against that because if, if they did that, they could you know, owe money to Medicare if they were um, receiving, uh, receiving uh, SCIG from a specialty pharmacy, say, and they, then they were also billing for their um, skilled nursing facility care. So it, it, it's, a, it's a big barrier to be able, you know, the way the policy is now for people. We're going to take a brief break to learn about some of the resources IDF has to offer the PI community. We'll be right back with more on skilled nursing facilities with Linnell Bezo and Dr. Younger in just a moment. We all know there's nothing more powerful than a story. As IDF works to help create public policy regarding skilled nursing facilities and other issues that complicate the lives of people living with PI, our secret weapon will always be the real stories of people who live through these challenges. If you have a story you'd like to share with us, please visit primaryimmune.org askidf and submit it so that we can fight together to make tomorrow brighter for everyone affected by primary immunodeficiency. Dr. Younger, can an individual with commercial insurance receive their IG therapy at a SNF? It varies from facility to facility and insurance to insurance. Many insurances just go along with Medicare regulations and guidelines. Um, and as, as Ms. Albizio said, it is absolutely illegal for someone to 
get a home delivery if they're not home. Um, if a patient is in the hospital or a patient is in a skilled nursing facility, they can't get medications delivered to their home because they're not home. Um, so many private insurances go along with those Medicare regulations. There are always exceptions, and we always encourage patients to ask what the possibilities are. Um, and, and some people are willing to, and I'm not sure I should say bend the rules, but to interpret the rules perhaps a little differently than others. Um, across the board, we've had some success with patients being able to get their therapy in a skilled nursing facility, but very, very rarely is that the case. Um, more frequently, patients are not accepted in a particular skilled nursing facility because they look at the care that the patient requires and gamma globulin is absolutely a red flag that the patient's on immunoglobulin, the skilled nursing facility will refuse to accept them. I had a patient that was in an ICU in an acute care hospital here in Baltimore for eight months because there was no skilled nursing facility who would take him um, and contracted an infection in the hospital and unfortunately um, didn't survive that lengthy hospitalization. And that's the reality more than the exception. That's terrible. In your experience, have you ever seen an individual um, be able to go to an infusion suite for a dose of IVIG and then return to a sniff? Yes, that does happen. Um, and again, it depends on what the insurance will agree to cover and what the insurance will not agree to cover. It is possible to leave a skilled nursing facility to go to an appointment. Um, patients have follow-up appointments all the time and they leave that facility. Um, and we've successfully been able to do infusions for some patients. Again, it's a rarity as opposed to something that's able to happen all of the time. Lynn, are there other patient populations that have had similar issues with SNFs and have they been able to resolve this issue? Yes, um, the hemophilia community has been struggling with the same issue for many years. And uh, they've also been you know, turned away because of the high cost of that medication. And what they did, their community worked on advocacy on this for several years and they were actually successful in addressing this problem legislatively. That being said, how can this issue be addressed for the PI community? Sure. Um, to explain more about what the issue is and how we can address it, Congress has provided a list of some services and therapies that are excluded from that bundle rate that I talked about earlier that can actually be billed separately. And um, as I noted, in 2020, uh, legislation was passed to expand the list to include blood clotting factors used to treat hemophilia, and, um, and that was the result of advocacy by the hemophilia community. Um, we believe that a bill to add IG to this list would allow SNFs to receive additional compensation for providing IG to, to a PI patient and, and would remove the financial barrier that currently exists. Our goal at IDF is to work with Congress to get a bill introduced and passed to address this issue. And we'll need to work, um, we'll need the, the, the PI community members to help us 
to work on this advocacy. And it may be something that uh, takes a couple of years to do. Uh, we're, we're always hopeful that we can do it within one legislative session, but um, if it takes longer, we'll continue to advocate for that. Dr. Younger, Lynn Albizo, I thank you both for joining IDF for this podcast. I'm going to ask you both for parting thoughts on this subject. Lynn? Sure. Um, I just want to say that IDF will be sending out surveys for patients and providers to gather data to support our legislative advocacy. And I want everybody to make sure to answer the surveys and also to participate in IDF action alerts to support our advocacy with Congress on this important issue. And I would echo what Ms. Albizo said. Um, clearly, we need some kind of legislation to get this taken care of. Um, it's affecting our patients it, as the use of other biologic agents grows dramatically. Um, it's affecting other patient populations as well. Um, the price of all biologic drugs um, is extraordinary. And there are many patients with many chronic illnesses, including primary immunodeficiencies, who are places where they're not getting the therapy that they need to get. Um, for me, this is just unconscionable. Um, and I think that we have to work and, and I applaud the IDF's efforts um, and support them uh, in terms of trying to get this taken care of so that our patients are not at risk. Thank you for listening to this episode of the IDF podcast. If you have a story you'd like to share with us about your experience with skilled nursing facilities or any other topic that affects people with PI, please visit primaryimmune.org askidf to help advocate with legislators on behalf of the PI community be sure to sign up for action alerts at primaryimmune.org slash current-action-alerts to get real-time updates and email templates to use in your advocacy. As always, you can find the link in the show's description. Thank you again for listening.